Lord. And welcome everyone to the Weekly Walkthrough HTML coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded with podcasting equipment sponsored by USW Local 11228. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Rusty. Jackie gets to fill in a role today as she was me last week. This week, you're Susan. I am such a chameleon. You are. You are a chameleon. We have all things ARB today. Katie and Brad are with us from the Dick Arboretum of the Plains. They got all things. It's a it's a happening place the next few weeks over there. It really is. It's really going to be a cool, a really cool place. We got all kinds of things. So let's get right to it. And the first thing is tonight. It's the winter lecture series. And how did this series come to fruition, Brad? It's something that was kind of in place when I came okay. uh, to the Arboretum almost 20 years ago. But I just remember getting involved with it from the very get go. And it's just a way to kind of engage people's minds during the cold times of the year. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, it, it seems like our attendance is always greatest in January and so okay. you know, starts to wane a little bit as you get into the warmer right, uh, right. months. But yeah, January, February, and March, we, we try to come up with three uh, engaging topics mm -hmm. related to uh, the land. And it can be a whole variety of things. Uh, this year's happened to be, uh, the first one was based on insects with Heather Holm, okay. uh, pollinator. She's a, an amazing author and, and pollinator expert up in Minnesota that was via Zoom. This one is with Jason K. Black mm -hmm. at uh, McPherson Valley Wetlands yes. looking at the, the, the past, present, and future. And then we'll finish up in March with uh, Greater and Lesser Prairie Chickens. Okay. The, the head of the Audubon Society of Kansas, Jackie Augustine, will be uh, uh, that one, that feature as well. You're excited over there about I prairie am. chickens. So there was actually a prairie chicken festival uh, in the summer of last year, but I won't get into that. But yes, Larry, later, Lesser Prairie Chickens. They're, I'm, I'm, I'm excited not, about it. I've never seen a prairie chicken. They are very cool. I believe it. I've never seen Very one, but, cool. but, I, I, but I do believe that they are cool. So. I am no longer a secret birder. I am a, an out-of-the-closet birder. So, yes, I am very excited about the prairie chickens. Okay. So do you have a bird feeder back in their backyard and you watch birds come in? My neighbors have cats and I don't put, want to put up a buffet. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. But let's get back on top of anyway. the, the McPherson Valley wetlands. Now, I don't think a lot of people know that, but it's a very, very cool and very interesting um piece of land and if you if you kind of understand where they are they're located west of mcpherson about four or five miles but if you kind of follow that track down you can kind of see the geographical implications of that uh, especially on google earth because there's another spot south a little bit south of there and then inman the inman part of the mcpherson valley wetlands and if you kind of follow that track it's interesting you can see that there's a lot of water basically or, or low-lying areas and so what can you tell us a little bit about mr black in the mcpherson valley wetlands that you might know brad yeah well i grew up in mcpherson county mm -hmm. i grew up in mound ridge and just like i didn't know anything about the prairie that preceded me mm -hmm. in that location i didn't know anything about the wetlands that were there either and you know all of western mcpherson county western harvey county all the way down into sedgwick county there was this massive complex of wet prairie and wetlands yeah. and streams that just uh, was a, a, a depression and, and wet spots on the landscape that uh, hosted just gads of, of uh, wildlife mm -hmm. and waterfowl. And as Jason will talk about, you know, it's, it's been a, a real feature for, you know, for hunters. Mm -hmm. uh, great connections going uh, in with, like, say, Ducks Unlimited, yes. uh, Pheasants Forever, too, but especially with the wetland connection of D Ducks Unlimited. 
they're doing a great job of, of doing education with the public, uh, doing restoration to try to get uh, some of that habitat back for right. the that has been drained over the years, yeah, you and know, for 100 years. And I'm a big proponent of it because I've hunted out there for years yeah. and years. And like I was talking before that, it's an electronic check-in. And you're on, you have to have non-toxic shot, and you record your harvest, and then you check out. Or if you don't, they send you an email saying you need to check out. So you, you have to do that by time. So it's a very interesting, very, very unique dynamic to the area that I think goes unnoticed a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, our, our mission is to cultivate transformative relationships between people and the land. And a lot of that is modeled after the you know, kind of the famous conservationist Aldo Leopold's uh, land ethic. Mm -hmm. And Aldo Leopold was a hunter, and it really helped him engage with the land in those ways. And for us to connect with that demographic uh, and to not only focus on something on our landscape that is a, a big piece of the past of this landscape, but when you think about the human relationship to the land and that healing component that humans can have, being able to restore those wetlands uh, that were once there in, in a large way, is a really exciting concept. And, and, you know, because it's part of my history of growing up there and it's part of Harvey County's, uh, you know, uh, history as well. Yeah. I think it's just a, a totally relevant and exciting topic to be talking about. Right. And I think that's, and that's tonight at 7 o'clock. Is that correct? Correct. And it's $5 to attend? Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Cool. So that is tonight, and that's 7 o'clock at, at, at the Dick Arboretumville Plains. And then coming up, I was looking at the schedule, and March 9th, I see Ancient Plants and Modern Designs. And Katie, can you tell us more <laughs> about Ancient Plants and Modern Designs? That was a little bit of creative titling is what that was. So when we're talking about ancient plants, I'm thinking of, you know, plants that have been here for a very, very long time. Okay, because right? I was going to ask what an ancient They're, plant yeah. was. So. When you look up what is ancient, right. you know, it's like something that is very, very old, has been right. here a long time. And some of the native plants that, you know, that you see at the Dick Arboretum, mm -hmm. those are species that have been on the Kansas landscape, you know, starting 10,000 years ago, the formation of prairies. So right. they've been here a long, long time. They qualify as ancient. Yeah, very, very old. And so I think a lot of people, when they think about prairie landscaping, they think, oh, well, it has to look like a prairie. That's not really true. Mm -hmm. You can take those plants and put them in very contemporary designs and in any kind of design you want. If you like, you know, formal French gardens, you can use Kansas native species and do that. If you like, oh, cool. if you like modern, you know, really kind of abstract, funky design, we've done designs for people who wanted it to look like Frank Lloyd Wright style gardens. Okay. So you can do lots of different things with the same species that are native to this place. And I think that's what's missing from modern landscaping. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will look at a beautiful European garden and then try to mimic that with European species. And it fails because <laughs> right. we don't have, you know, the weather patterns Absolutely. that they have. Yeah. So this class will focus specifically on modern design that would work in residential areas and, you know, even businesses, kind of urban landscapes. Uh, but using plants that actually like it here and have lived yeah. here for a long, long time. So say someone was an out-of-the-closet birder, they could they <laughs> could make their own ancient plant garden with yes. a modern design to keep away the cats. Yes. I have 100% worked with Katie, and she did the design for what is in my front yard right now, okay. and I'm, I'm excited to see what it's going to come up like in the spring. So I've already done that, okay. and I'm all very right, excited. Right, it's a yeah. pollinator garden she's, instead of a bird garden. But yes. She's all in already. Yes. We love it. Very, very neat. And when it, and the, what when that's March night? What time are we looking at there? I I think it's it's via Zoom. Okay. It's going to be pre-recorded, but I think it's at seven. Okay, very neat. 
Yeah, it's a pre-recorded class. Um, and then I will usually hop on and answer questions afterwards. Okay. Um, so they're sometime between 6.30 and 7 usually. And I, I, I saw on the website that you guys have some stuff that's Zoom and very, yeah. very, uh, not necessarily, um, I wouldn't say time consuming, but it's it's right there and it's easy access accessible to all different times. Super easy. And a lot of them will stay online. So you can say, oh, I don't have time to watch it tonight. Well, if you if you purchase a registration, you get a link. You can watch it the next day. Mm. You can watch it over your lunch break. Kick um, back with a cup of, cup of coffee in the morning and figure out what you want to do. Yeah, let it run while you're cooking supper. I mean, it's just something that is a nice, um, very passive type of education mm -hmm. that you can enjoy at your own time. I might add one thing. Sure. Uh, on that topic, we. Uh, Tonight's lecture with the Winter Lecture Series is going to be our first in three years in person. All right. And so that's exciting. Yes. But also, we've learned in the last three years that having this digital medium and being able to bring people in from a lot greater distance to, oh, absolutely. Uh, to participate in these lectures is something we're going to continue to try to do. So mm -hmm. we're actually going to have tonight's recorded make that available, uh, hopefully in perpetuity, uh, for, for the public to be able to see these things. And we're thinking about doing that, trying that dual focus with in-person mm -hmm. and recorded uh, going forward. So stay tuned for more on that. Yeah, I think I'm, we're gonna yeah. get all these available online as well. Technology is a really good thing in this respect, so it's 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 amazing. So we go from, we go from the ancient plants of modern designs <coughs> right into a run into the Leprechaun Run. And I saw that this is on March 11th at 9.30 a.m. And it's a two mile and a 10K. How long has this thing been going on? Yeah, this will be the 11th running of the Leprechaun okay. Run. And uh, 12 years, in fact, we skipped, we skipped, uh, well, yeah. Yeah, we okay. Skipped, we skipped mm -hmm. a year, of course. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, it started out as just a two mile. Mm -hmm. And eventually we added some serious runners, maybe about seven, eight years ago. Uh, to, to get that 10K component. But they start at the same time. Uh, they all run through the Arboretum, mm -hmm. um, head outside of town, two mile, just kind of a short out and back, and then come back through the Arboretum and finish there. And the uh, the 10K will explore that section right. west of west of Heston. So it's a lot of fun. It encourages people to be active. You know, Harold and Evie were, were active people. And, yes, they were. And Evie, you know, really kept going for a number of years. And... Thankfully, I had a chance to know her in her later years, and she kept going by walking in the Arboretum regularly. So keeping that theme going and having this kind of event that, that gets people of all ages out uh, is a lot of fun and something that we're keeping going. Are there age divisions? Is it divided up age divisions? Age okay. divisions from, yeah, 3 to 8 all the way up to folks in their 70s and all 80s. Right. What about skill level? Could I come hobble up there and the skill level? Jackie and I be the hobble division? Yes. Yes. <laughs> we will stick around to see the hobblers finish. <laughs> hey, right. I'll tell you what. You Do you still have your, your costumes? Are people still showing up in, like, all the green and the tutus? and Go green. We yes. encourage people to, the, the wackier uh, costumes, the better. Perfect. I I feel like we could bring up the rear of this parade in spectacular fashion, Rusty. Easily done. <laughs> Easily done. <laughs> and this is a walk-run event, so right. bring out the walkers. Right, love exactly. To see more walkers. Yeah. We have people who push strollers, who bring their dogs, mm -hmm. full costume. So it's it's a really fun event for those people who are just looking for a little bit of exercise and fun. And it can also be, yeah, that serious event for people who are trying to get their best time. So. Yeah, I'm volunteered to be pushing a stroller out, just sitting in a stroller and look green. I know that's <laughs> okay, we're good. We're, we're good now. 
that respect. And what's the cost on that, and how can people get registered? Yeah, two miles twenty five, ten uh, k is thirty five, okay. and uh, tomorrow is that the end of that early bird deadline. So midnight, okay. midnight on the first, Wednesday the first, it will go up five dollars. Okay. And also that's the deadline for guaranteeing a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So get signed up uh, before tomorrow Great. night at midnight. Great. Great. And where where can they go? Can they just go online and sign up or make a phone call? Perfect. Yeah, it'll take you to our run sign up page, and um, that's all available at dickarbreedum.org. Okay. So then I'm looking. I was doing some digging on the website and checking this out. So we move into March 25th and 26th. The Harvey County Home and Garden Show comes to the Arboretum, and the title of is The Art of Succulents. Someone, tell us more about succulents, because I'm not good with succulents, and I don't know a lot about succulents. I kill them, so I'm going to be Good, good. I, I did too, so good. Yeah. I'm not the Brad, only one. Brad sent me an email and was like, uh, I shouldn't talk about succulents. succulents. <laughs> I suck uh, at growing succulents. <laughs> yeah. Brad, I'm with you. I'm you with you 100%. You put the suck in succulents. Yes, I'm, I'm right there. Uh-huh. A succulent is a plant that it stores water in its leaves. So okay. those are those really fleshy, thick leaves. For houseplants, that looks like aloe, jade, anything that has those thick, fleshy leaves. A cactus, that's a succulent. Mm-hmm. It's storing a lot of water in its leaves. For those plant nerds out there, it's usually C4 photosynthesis plants. Brad's nodding his head. Uh, but those are plants that usually thrive in very, very dry environments. So they can get a little bit of rain, they store it in their fleshy cells, and then they don't need rain for a long time. So in our home environments, they die because we keep watering them. Okay. <laughs> so usually too much water is what kills them. But um, this event is put on um, by the Harvey County Master Gardeners mm-hmm. and the Harvey County Extension Office. And um, we have been really lucky to part with, partner with them. I think last year was our first year partnering with them, and it went great. And so they're, we're hosting it again. It used to be at the Newton Armory, but it's nice that we can have it at a location that actually has a lot of trees and plants. Right. <laughs> yeah. An outdoor venue. Yeah. Yes. Ar- you know, armories are not known for their well. landscaping. <laughs> so it's uh, it has worked out really well. And often we do a tour, like a walking tour, on one of those weekend days where people can come. And I did a demonstration last year. So there's lots of vendors, too. There's mm-hmm. all kinds of handmade items. There's lots of, like, soap and quilts and plant hangers and garden accessories not to mention a lot of people selling plants so mm-hmm. at this time of year probably mostly house plants right but because it's a little bit early for those I, vegetables i did see that there are still vendor spots available there and are how do they get in touch with you guys to become a vendor get reserve I, one of their vendor spots i think that you would want to call the harvey county extension okay office be, to get a vendor spot because they're kind of running back okay great um but yeah, it's always a lot of fun, and there'll be lots and lots of cactus and aloe and all of those lovely succulents that we. I wonder if I could like kill a cactus, and not not intentionally, but I killed a succulent. I, apparently, that's tough to do, but I did it, so I'm in the same boat with Brad. It is, but I will say that when you buy succulents like from the grocery store, mm-hmm. often they've already been overwatered. Okay. So by the time you get them, the clock is just ticking, right? Okay. Like they're going to die no matter what you do. So for those of you out there who have killed a succulent, it might have been overwatered before you ever got it because that happens okay. in grocery stores. The employees, they, they keep spritzing it every time somebody comes on the new shift. And before you know it, they're dead. So I would say if you are worried about succulents, go to a greenhouse. And get it from the people who know. Who know us. Like, yeah, okay. so go to your local greenhouse and get that it. That is not me. I avoid s- avoid the, the box store succulents because gotcha. they're often not in the right soil. Okay. All right, that's good to know. <laughs> um, 
I saw just a single dollar to attend, right? If you're a yeah. community man- member, pay a dollar and get to see this really cool show going on on the 25th and 26th. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And there'll be a kids' activity. There'll be one kids' activity, I think, run by Hidden Stems Greenhouse. Okay. They're going to be um, having aloe potting. So the kids can come and pot their own aloe and take it home. So if you have kids, bring the kids out. And Which is a wonderful, wonderful way to put tear off an aloe leaf. You need to scrape and put a little bit of the aloe vera on there, ah. which I grew up on. Not because I was a klutz. So we're just going to leave that out. Jackie, you're not allowed to comment. I have absolutely nothing to add to no, this. No, because conference. you know it's 100% true. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Katie, one thing I'm not sure a lot of people know, but Dick Arboretum has a very active social media presence. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was the idea of becoming very active on Instagram, and how do you think it has benefited and impacted Dick Arboretum? So I think that really happened with Janelle, our social media coordinator and public outreach guru. She is always like looking for the next thing, like, okay, what, how can we be reaching people? You know, cause the rest of us are like plant nerds and we're happy to be on our own in nature forever. Mm-hmm. And so thank goodness there's Janelle to say, we need to reach people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she was really instrumental in getting us a very active Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And then when Instagram came around and especially with the advent of like Instagram stories, that's become a really popular part of our plant sale preparation. We do something called plant of the day. Mm-hmm. And people have really started to love that. Yeah, I'm always I, surprised. I'm watching those. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm into the plan of the day. So, yeah. yeah. People are always like, you're the plan of the day, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, Whoa. But um, I think what's nice about it is that, you know, a lot of people don't have these. It's sad that a lot of people don't have these plants all around them. And, you know, we've been marketed to know certain plants. We all know what a daffodil looks like. Mm-hmm. We all know what a rose looks like because we see those things in the grocery store. But we don't know the actual native plants. Right. That are all around us. So I think it's really nice that, you know, f- just watching your phone while you're maybe having your lunch, you can learn about a plant. Mm-hmm. And if you go driving in the countryside, you'll see it. So we can kind of reach people where they're at. You don't have to go on this 10-hour nature hike to see all this. Yeah. We can bring it to you in small, bite-sized pieces. And that has inspired people to, like, want to come and try to plant that, you know, and get to know the, the native flora and fauna around them. So it's a very... Uh, easy bite size educational package yeah and i think it's very beneficial i mean what's been the most fun for you being the the kind of you're kind of all over that i see that all the time about the <laughs> plan of the day so what's been the most fun for you but being the plan of the day well it's a great excuse you know if i'm sitting on my phone i'd be like well it's plan of the day right you know? perfect, i'm perfect. doing i'm doing outreach right. it's educational exactly so how do you choose your plant of the day do you discriminate against plants that you don't like i do okay so i do is, what is your favorite plant of Ooh, the good day question Oh, I I like to do a plant of the day. It always comes to me like what what is blooming or if there's an interesting insect interaction or like sometimes always taking videos at the Arboretum. I'm like a typical millennial. I have my phone out <laughs> and I'm taking videos of everything. But what's great is I capture like, you know, a hummingbird moth mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. into a flower. Or I capture, I, I once uh, saw a a bird chasing a snake away from its tree. So I always have my camera out and often I'm choosing plant of the day based on what I've observed that day, you know? So yeah. it's I try to keep it really topical so that then I can say this is happening right now or these flowers are just opening up, come down to the Arboretum and see it now. Very cool. So I try to keep it relevant or something that I know we're gonna have a lot of at the sale, I can tell people about it and say this is going to be available. So if you like it, we will have plenty and you can come down and get some. And there's a plant sale coming up? Yes. When? 
you must know about it. It's uh, Flora, Kansas, oh. Native Plant Days. That happens April 20 through 24. Okay. April 20 is for members, and then 21 through 24 is for the public. Okay. And that's our, our largest fundraiser. So we have that in April, and we have it in September. And that really helps the Arboretum run and do all the educational programs but it's also great outreach because we get to put plants in people's hands and you know what's happening because hickory is packed up with yeah. traffic all over here <laughs> oh something's going on. oh yeah, it's well, yeah i love to get like annuals at that one because oh, yeah. it's right it's great to put them in and then yeah. i don't have to worry about nurturing them through the winter yeah and yeah the for me it's it's fun to get a couple of annuals that i'm like oh these will look pretty for the yeah. season and then they're done yeah and i don't again i i've killed succulents no. I, have, I have killed a cactus so the annuals from I've, the arbor are a great option for me to go I've, they're gonna die anyway I've i'm killed, sorry little plant your time is I've limited killed dead grass it was dead already and i still killed it that's so. amazing yeah. we kill we <laughs> we have uh like uh, tons of native perennials everything from herbaceous perennials to trees native trees shrubs bushes flowering shrubs all of that and we do offer some of those uh, native annuals that not a lot of people know about. You know? Very neat. Very neat. So that's April 20th through the 24th? Yes. All right. So keep keep your ear to the ground on that. So here's my question for both of you that you didn't know was coming. What's been the greatest joy at working Dick Arboretum for you two? You stole my question. I know, right? <laughs> it's a tough one. Blurring work and personal time. Okay. Yeah, when you're when you work doing things that you love, it's uh, it's hard to say when you're actually working and yeah. when you're not. That's very true, Brad. Yeah, that's a probably a, a pretty good one. Uh, I think for me, it's all of the all of the outdoor time. Like mm. you know, at every I, I hear my friends talking about, oh, I just don't get outside enough, or I just don't get enough exercise, and I think, oh. Well, that's my job. My job is to be outside moving and, you know, trimming trees and mulching. And so I don't have to go to the gym. I just go to work. I get all my sunshine and all my workout. That's great. That's done. That is great. Okay, so there's another question I forgot to add, but we're going to ask it. How old is the turtle that haunts the Arboretum Island? How old do we think that is? Ralph. I've heard about is Ralph it, it, since I started working. It, it has a name. I didn't know it had a Ralph. name. Yeah. We so all call we it did, Ralph. We did a Mythbusters uh -huh. <laughs> about that turtle, and I didn't know there was a name, but I knew the turtle was there. Yeah, the, that turtle is a It is a serious piece of kit. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. It is a, it's a Heston staple. Ralph is a Heston staple. Okay. Yeah, we, we all call it Ralph. That's yeah. that's. Okay, cool. What I think I you learned. can count their rings, and Rusty, if you could help us catch them, then <laughs> yeah. maybe we could just reach in. Um, I have caught snapping turtles before, and it's not fun. No, no, it's not. They're they're not happy people. <laughs> they are not happy animals. They are they. Have you, what I want to know is, have you ever had any little Ralphlets? We we do have baby snapping turtles. I, every July actually is a great time to see um, hatching turtles. You find them on the sidewalk. You find them in the grass. So walk carefully in late June and July because they're hatching. And we have everything from red-eared slider to freshwater mm -hmm. river cooters to snapping turtles. So there are baby snapping turtles. I don't know who they are the progeny of, <laughs> but uh, Ralph uh, has eaten a lot of my pizza crust. Go out there and toss it to Ralph, and he can eat it in one giant bite. Are there things that are safe, not safe? Like when you're thinking about feeding turtles, I I know that I'm guilty of this. Is there anything you're like, please don't feed the ducks bread, or please, what what can you feed these guys? 
Well, uh, I mean, probably a little bit like a person is that, you know, a crackers here and there are fine, but that shouldn't be their whole diet. Right. Okay. Um, they have a lot of aquatic plants and other things to eat. If you want to make a healthy choice, I sometimes bring them like produce from my fridge that's maybe not so great anymore. Carrots that are a little rubbery, zucchini that's past its prime, those types of things are fine. But they don't float as nicely as crackers, you know, yeah. so... Well, see, growing up for me now, being a thousand years old, or sometimes it feels that way. Are you older than Ralph? <laughs> no, I think Ralph has me. Probably not. <laughs> I think Ralph has me. Uh, the, there were always ducks at the Arboretum for years and years, and the thing was to go feed the ducks. And they were, I don't, I think they had their wings clipped at the time. Mm. And so you could actually take the bread, and they would actually come to you and take the, bre the bread right out of your hands. So we could go feed the ducks or the fish, and you'd go check that out. That was growing up before there was ever a visitor center. You you went down there. People still drove around that, on that. So, yeah, that was way back in the day. We always have a nesting pair of geese, mm -hmm. uh, and I think it tends to be the same pair. Uh, and they are pretty friendly once they're babies. Or as I like to call them co cobra chickens, but that's neither <laughs> yeah. here nor there. Once their babies are hatched, they're pretty friendly. But that's going to actually start happening here in March, the nesting season. So just a heads up. They can be aggressive on the island, so give them yeah. their space. Yesterday already, when I was walking around on the island, they're starting to get a little temperamental. Yeah, so, and that's, uh, you know, that's their started. space. Yeah. yeah, so you know what I do? I just stay away from there. Yeah, and I would absolutely. recommend everybody give that a break. <laughs> absolutely. Let Geese them. are mean, man. They're mean. They, they can are. be They can be territorial, but yeah. I mean, they're probably worried that humans are going to mess with their eggs, which has happened. So They've come after me on the golf course. I don't think they liked my golf shot. It wasn't a good golf shot, but it wasn't <laughs> meaning to go near the geese. I have a traumatic childhood memory with geese. I don't get anywhere near them. Okay, I'm, I'm fair enough. Okay, guys, is there anything you guys would like to add? Because this has been great. I like hearing about the Dick Arboretum of the Plains. I mean, like we said, it is a happening place. It's just right there on the edge of town. You feel like you're in a different environment. You always have. It feels like a, a, a slice of what Kansas was, what Kansas can be, and you're out of town, but you're really not out of town. It's, it's a, such a neat and tranquil place. Yeah. We appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Come yeah, on. we want you to come on down. We want to see all these Heston locals right. at our events. All right. Yeah. Well, th thank you guys so much for coming by, and, and we'll see leprechauns and ancient plants and the McPherson Valley wetlands tonight. <laughs> yes. This is, this is great. This is great. Anybody that says there's nothing going on in Heston isn't paying attention. Yeah, it, it's true. We've, saw, we've talked about this so much. You never think about it until you step back and you go, wow, there is a lot going on in town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Brad. Thank you, Katie, for coming by. Um, other things going on. Heston College is presenting the apple tree on March 1 through 5th. After the play, people will be served an apple dessert from the Heston College Theater Guild members. There are still plenty of tickets available, either at the door or by calling the bookstore at 620-327-8105 or get online at heston.edu slash bookstore and you can get tickets to the apple tree. There's also time to still sign up for the chamber banquet on Friday, March 31st. Call Kim Wallace at 620 327-4102 for more information. Jack, you got anything on the library issues? Uh, on the library's end, we do have, we'll have an adult teen craft night coming up in March. We're very excited about that. 
Um, we have uh, we always have new books coming in. Mm-hmm. We've got some that I'm I'm really excited about. Uh, I would encourage people as they come back from the arboretum. We have an entire section on prairies and native plants and native gardening. So as you come back from the arb, or if you want to do some homework beforehand, come and see us. We'll have some uh, some interesting things. There's we have one book that is particularly about native plants to Kansas and the different medicinal uses that they have. It's a really interesting book. It's a, it, it, witchcraft is in the title, but that is not what it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a book about how native peoples and indigenous peoples used the land and the prairie around them and some of the things that they discovered worked, like birch bark for pain and all these amazing ways that plants and people interacted um, back in Paleolithic times. Sounds like I'm going to have to... In- investigate the pain remedies because I'm a klutz. So, and natural (laughs) pain remedies. So, we're good on that respect. Okay, great. Um, Moving on to sports. Kendall Bruggen scored 17 points with Sidney Kaiser and Abby Proctor, each adding 11 last night in Heston's 53-23 win over Lions in the first round of sub-state action. The Lady Swathers will now play Haven. That's a huge game on Thursday night in the Lions at 7.30 on Thursday night. And the winner will play at the winner of Cheney Halstead with a trip to Hutch on the line. If you could, So two wins to get to Hutch for State for the Lady Swathers. Tonight, the Swather boys open sub-state play against Nickerson in the first round. Tonight at 7 in the shed. So that's going on at 7. And then it's they will play uh, semifinals will be on Friday depending on location and who wins and there's always who's the closest and that's how they figure that out. I don't know there's math and abacus is involved in geometry. And so yeah, it, it never works out. On March twenty fifth, the Heston Golf Course is teeing off in its public the public tournament schedule with the How Low Can You Go tournament. It's an individual stroke play tournament where everyone plays the red tees to the easiest pins. Cost is sixty dollars. For players or $30 for members with an optional $10 egg game, call 620-327-2331 for more information. That's what we've got going on. It's been a great Tuesday again. We are off and running. We're back. This is episode 25. We've had 25 of these now. Isn't it cool? It is. It's really cool. It is very <laughs> cool. Please email us at hestonpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us you're listening and give us a shout out. Speaking of shout outs, yes. uh, I have excited... Sorry, this... F- fell into my head. Um, we have exciting news coming up concerning the Lions Club that I will get into more next week. Okay. So shout yeah. out to the Lions. Shout and out to then Lions Club. A reason to tune in next week and hear all about the excitement at Heston Public Library caused it. by it's the a, Lions. It's a teaser. I love it. It is. All right. This has been the weekly Lock Through H-Town coming to you from the hub of the community, the Heston Public Library, recorded on podcasting equipment, sponsored by USW Local 11228. For Jackie Nelson, I'm Rusty Witcher saying thank you, and we'll talk to you guys next week.